0: So, I'm going ask for questions tonight. Yes? How, how should we think about deities that get broken? How, do th- how should we think about deities that get broken? Well, um, the idea is that the um, Lord should have the most perfect form that uh, you can come up with in which, through which to accept service. Um, having been invited, petitioned to accept service in a particular form, should have the best possible uh, form. Um, and so, having established the deity in that way, if the form should then um, break, um then uh, the form is not the best form would be the idea um, in in the Shastra and therefore needs to be replaced so that was the ancient uh, system that if the deity was broken then and there 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 was a ceremony for establishing another form into which the Lord would um, move and continue to accept service. Um, Now, in that case, um, the the deity would be taken and dumped in the river or or the ocean or something like that, deeply. Um, There's a system also in Jagannath Puri, as you know, changing the deity every so many years hmm. um, and I think that they take the, the deity that had, has been that the Lord has been transferred from and and perhaps put them in the ocean or something like that so there is a regular you know custom for that ritual for that so forth provision for that and again the principle behind it is that the Lord should have the most suitable uh, form worshiping. Um, So, broken deities are by that standard are not not worshipable. However, that said, um, we naturally will find extenuating uh, circumstances where, for example, it may not be possible to um, um, provide an alternative uh, form. And also, in conjunction with that, there may be circumstances like we find in the world today that weren't um, available in times gone by um, we have uh, today facilities for repairing deities like marble deities, stone deities, for, for example, would be probably the prime uh, example of a deity that would be prone to, 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 to break hmm? compared to, for example, a metal deity. And and so um, now they have systems for repairing that are quite, quite good and they can make the, the break even stronger than it was previously and you won't even notice it. So given that um, I uh, knew a kind of development and given certain circumstances then there may be instances in which the repairing of the deity in um, the, the form I should say that is, um, is, is acceptable, allowable in which case you would have to you have to get, continue the worship every day otherwise it becomes an offense so you would have to worship a picture of the deity for example hmm? um, or even a mental mentally the deity would have to be worshipped every day with all the items and so forth until the repair, something like that. Um, um, it would be a little awkward depending on how the repair was going to take place and where and so on and so forth. Um, Prabhupada himself, of course, was he found himself in unprecedented circumstances where uh, years ago it was difficult to even come from India to get deities from India, and there and to pay for them and so forth. And he had some deities come, and and um, and they were, I think they arrived broken. I mean, you think in Los Angeles perhaps, um, and so he re- he re- repaired them. Hmm? Had them repaired. I don't know if that was before the installation. I think the t- the temple deities D- D- in London yeah, were broken before he started to the worship them, right? right the yeah. Yeah. So he repaired and then worshipped and and so we have that kind of a standard by someone who's you know took the deity worship all over the world. Maybe the first person. And he repaired them again. So. There is some precedent for that given that there is facility uh, to do so. Hmm? Um. That said, with regard to the ritual for establishing the deity in the first place or moving the deity from one to a more suitable one uh, when required. Um, we have these type of scriptural rules and ritual and so on and so forth, but the other side of it, of course, is that the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, and, uh, and uh, in a higher sense, as much as a devotee sees the Lord in anything, it becomes worshipable hmm, immediately. <laughs> and uh, he projects or she projects her bhava on something and you have what's called a self-manifest deity. It means somebody of spiritual cons- consequence saw something that reminded them of Krishna or an avatar and if you look carefully you might kind of see it too and you know what he or she saw in a profound way based on their, their bhava and their bhava sacralized or made, made, made sacred. An item that wasn't previously, and uh, and so forth. So we're back to the idea that the, you know, the the Lord is in the heart of the devotee. That's why we have the devotee for the ritual, and so on and so forth, and and um, and the transfer, for example, of the of the form from the heart of the of the Guru, the Acharya, to the to the arch of Igraha for worship, and so forth. But then every every devotee has a little. Love for the deity and so forth, and uh, and as they progress, then in their bhakti, the more they'll they will see the Lord in um, in a particular form to be inspired. And we would be uh, it would be counterproductive to get in the way, so to speak, of such uh, inspired um, b- b- bhakti. Of course, we can find inspiration is. Is false and shallow, and it's just a whim, and and uh, and so forth. Um, but if it endures, then we take it seriously. This I'm speaking more in case of devotees who get enthusiastic, to get a deity, they buy a deity, and and then and then um, after some time they put them in a box, and, and that's why we never agreed to formalize the worship and. Take some responsibility for that, and so forth. But if over time we find that he's taken care of every day, and so on and so forth, and naturally we'll come to honor the, the presence that much more, and um, and so forth. So I am saying is kind of there's these two sides to it. There's the ritual side, and there's the heart of the devotee, and and that's ultimately the heart of the devotee ultimately prevails. Without that, the ritual does not um, is not complete, and so on and so forth. Um, But within that, then there's some gray. There's levels of where the the ritual and its value and the hearts of the devotees and and so forth. So, um, what I've um, come to um, with regard to the situation here, where the Dowji was damaged from the earthquake and repaired but the repairs are not um, very good uh, not lasting apparently and uh, so forth is um, I happen to have another form of set of deities, which is convenience so it's not an inconvenience or a problem the exact same size and so forth and so what we will do is we will transfer the 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 Lord from the existing mortis into the new mortis and um, they'll preside here as the Audrey Gopal and then I'll take the, the, uh, the broken and i will do it as a pair so we'll take the set of deities and I'll take them back to America and they'll and now then I'll have them repaired then I'll install them again somewhere maybe at <laughs> Uh something like that so I think that that's kind of like where you were going with it to start with. Because imagine if you went to the beach tomorrow, wouldn't be a bad idea. And uh, we were swimming and walking along the shore, and suddenly we found a deity washed up on the shore. We would think, "Oh my God, Krishna's come here!" You know, and uh, he might not be in the best of shape, but we would, being devotees and so forth, we would we would would polish him up and you know whatever and uh, fix him up and put him on the altar. Um, so it's a little bit of that, uh, that, that uh, the side where it's in the hearts of the devotees. I heard a story not long ago actually of, of some devotees who were traveling and they came into one village and they were visiting with some person and so forth and doing some preaching and then they, f- they, they found a deity in his back uh, yard kind of thrown away of uh, of Brindadevi, Brindagopi. And um, and they said, what's with the deity? I said, oh, that's broken, you know, it can't be worshipped. And they said, well, well, can we take it? Yeah, you can take it, but you can't, can't, it can't be worshipped. And they took it, and they were just all enthusiastic. I'm sure they're going to go and get it repaired, and they were just like, wow, we found this deity, you know, <laughs> and so on. So that side, that's what I'm saying, is... Uh, is um, not to be um, minimized, or not, we shouldn't let ritual override that um, that side. And again, I think my example uh, for all of you here is, is, is apt. Um, if we were to find a deity washed up on the shore, maybe somebody had retired the deity and said it's unworshipable because it's got a broken toe or something. We would like, you know, you know, fix the toe or 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 or, or something and be very excited that Krishna had washed up on the shore. There we were as devotees finding him. So the idea of taking the broken Taoji Gopal and throwing him in the ocean was not something that I could, you know, really deal with very well. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, again, if some devotees in San Jose found him and they washed up on that shore, they'd be so excited. So, so, um, that's why when I was looking into this issue and uh, talking with, uh, actually I've been talking Gorkeshva Das about it, he's very knowledgeable in the area of ritual and so forth, so he was telling me all the laws and I was kind of like, kind of pushing back a little bit with a little heart about the whole thing and um, finally I was able to come up with something more along the lines of what I'm saying that, well it's, it's in present times we have means for repair, and we could do like this and, and he said and he he gave his um, um approval he felt that that would you know that was pretty creative and without uh going against the shastra hmm? so he put up various obstacles well if you do that you have to do this and you have to do that, and how's that gonna work and, and so I was able to answer all the questions and and uh and so forth so <laughs> So I think that uh, is kind of the feeling behind your, 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 your inquiry. And that's how to think about it. Yes? Any a question? Uh, it's not related. Well, what is it?
1: Um, you often say, if you pray, you'll know what to do. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if you would um, elaborate a little
0: bit on that. And maybe well, maybe, uh, yeah, I often say, if you pray, you'll know what to do. Maybe uh, it should be, if you pray, you'll know what not to do. <laughs> and that's part of what to do Um, in a certain stage we were trying to pass through anartha nivritti and so forth there are things that we hang on to and so when we pray to go forward the things that we're hanging on to and attachments they tend to come up and and speak to us as if to say are you a hypocrite? or (laughs) why are you praying? you know and then here we are and then you see this is, I have to, this is my problem, so I have to get rid of this. Am I, you know, do I really want that? Hmm? And a lot of times we don't. We don't want to get rid of our attachments. Uh, I was telling another devotee who had written to me, uh, responding to him today, and my response was that the jiva can be, the Buddha jiva can be very um, uh, masochistic. Hm. Um, very prone to inflict pain upon himself, even with knowledge and knowing that my material desires, I have certain desire or attachment, it's it's not, it's getting in my way, it's a problem. Um, Even if it's maybe a problem materially, there are material desires that we have that we can't even fulfill materially. We may not have the karma. To fulfill certain desires, so and then the, those that you do fulfill, of course, oftentimes don't pr- prove to be as um, what what one thought they would be. They often prove to be the opposite. Then again, of course, we have certain material desires that there there are there is room for 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 their being fulfilled within certain uh, parameters, such that they don't have to be a detriment or uh, an impediment to our to our gradual progress but I mean that's what I refer to more or less that uh, by that uh, that that statement if you pray to go forward then usually what's holding you back will you know will, will come to your mind um, if it doesn't then you know then you're, you're doing good and then you can really pray for something positive of course we should we should always pray for something positive and even if we w- our main objective is to get rid of the negative. We should pray for the positive, that um, uh, some desire for attainment, hmm? and in the context of that, the, re- the removal of something that will be favorable for that and the strength to do so. Hmm? So you always want your prayers to be positive, so that the, you're creating a scar for uh, for aspiration, for artha, poverty. Art means, which is valuable, is to, what, pravrity means to attain. So we, we want it to be focused on art, the pravrity, and in the context of that, on art, the nivrity, removing the un, false values and uh, the obstacles, things that are unnecessary and uh, getting in my way and so on and so forth. So, um, So I think that yeah, that if you pray sincerely, then it's, it's, it's you kind of get an idea what how you should uh, conduct yourself and so forth. And it, 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 it uh, especially I I want to say if you have you know, if you really kind of hold yourself back, then it's like I guess what I mean to say by that is that if you if you if you step on the gas. Hmm, but we're keeping another foot on the brake at the same time, it's kind of apparent that, you know. So, you know, step on the gas, you have to let go of the the brake. Hmm. Generally though, we pray that I don't have the really the the desire to give up my desires so pathetic is my condition. Uh, I don't have the desire to let go of the things that are getting in my way, Hmm. such as my, you know, deplorable state and so then you have to have the courage to pray to get get it pushed kicked and um, dragged and so forth but it, it does it does take some courage um, but we're not, we're in a war so if you're a coward then you will lose <laughs> and it's quite an, an adventure hmm? and it it, it sadhu life is for courageous people, no doubt. Mm. Um, but whether we're sadhus or not, I mean, we should be, is the point, because you're going to lose the battle <laughs> with Maya, regardless. There's, you know, there's no, there's no hope. But by, by sadhu sangha and and the practical. Um, application of what we derive from sadha then there's great hope, there's, there's huge, huge hope. Um, so, that's what I meant. Does that help? Not very much. Oh, good. What else? Yes. I have a question
1: about, um, about uh, what you were talking in your class. I'm not sure whether I understood properly. You said that um, uh, there are two kinds of um, jivas and, uh, in the spiritual world. And um, in jivas uh, that emanate from uh, Balaram and Radharani. they are uh, Swarupa Shakti jivas, And uh, um, jivas... Um,
0: think You're just seeking clarity on that issue? Yeah. yeah. Well, the best thing to do is go to the Sandharvas of Jiva Goswami, where anyone after him is writing about hmm, and explaining, if we can, if we have access to that, and... Um, and because these things have been explained in different languages or different acharyas in different times, they may be saying the same thing when they're using different language and talking about it slightly differently and so forth. But um, the basic idea given in the Sundarvas is that, um, that uh, uh, of course, there are three principal shaktis. There's the Maya shakti, the Jeeva shakti, and the Sarup shakti. Hmm. The external energy, in Prabhupada's language, the marginal energy, and in the internal energy. Hmm? And so, starting from the spiritual world, we have Krishna and his abode, hmm? and his paraphernalia, and his entourage. Hmm? Um, um, for example, there's Radharani, hmm? his, uh, his his consort. And she has very various expansions hmm? uh, for the sake of personifying certain um, emotional aspects of herself that can um, tender to Krishna. Hmm? For, for example, when he, that uh, would be um, most desirable. Um, so these type of devotees. Obviously Radharani is the Swayam Shakti. She presides over the ladini Shakti within the Sarup Shakti and over the whole Sarup Shakti as the Krishna's Swayam Shakti by Krishna Swayam Bhagawan. All the incarnations come from all Shakti Tattva then in a sense are emanating from her, the different consorts, for example, of Narayan or um, his different avatars and so on and so forth. So those persons, if you will, of the spiritual world, they're all constituted of srup shakti. Hmm? Now, um, we were speaking about this in relation to Ganada and Shivas and the Panchatattva when Krishna's Kaviraj speaks about Gadadhar Pandit, he says that he is a Shakti avatar, Antaranga Bhakta.
1: Hmm?
0: And um, you might think, oh, that this is a reference then to only those uh, immediate expansions of, of Radharani. Hmm? Um, but Bhaktisiddhanta like Satsarajitaka so sure comments in his Zanubhasa that um, these... Antaranga bhaktas or Shakti tattva bhaktas, which is referring to the Sarup Shakti, mm, appear in all the different relationships—parental, fraternal, um, servitude—in mm, uh, in Golok, where of course there are, there are parents and and so forth—and something similar, and of course, in, in Vaikuntha in relation to Narayan. Um, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur in his Bhagwat speech is written nicely. Uh, and he uh, explains Radharani as the Swayam Shakti and presiding over the Sarup Shakti and and that Nanda and Yashoda, Sudham and Subal and Sridham, these are all partial manifestations of Radha as personification of the whole Sarup Shakti. For service in Golok, hmm? um, s- but uh, ultimately uh, we find in 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 the Bhagavad Gita hmm, of Jiva Goswami that that the Lord and His retinue, entourage, hmm, these are all manifestations of the Srupa Shakti. Like the Dam is, like His paraphernalia is. And so on and so forth. There I mean, are lots of examples, of course, besides just the um, immediate expansions of the Kaya expansions of Radha. Bhagavati, for example, Purnamasi. Mm-hmm. She's not a gopi in Madurasa. She's obviously not a jiva. Mm-hmm. She's Yogamaya person, Prasanna. Like Brindadevi, also, Leela Shakti. Subal is said in, in Radha Sahasranam, as commented on by. Raghunath Daska, and others to, to be the form that Radha takes when she wants to experience sakirasa. And they happen to be, of course, look-alikes, as, as we know. So these are all different examples. Another example we find um, in the Gotamiya Tantra, speaking about uh, four Sridham, Sudam, Dham, Kinkini, four close friends of Krishna that are manifestations of his antakarna, spiritual antakarna, means his 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 booty, his his chitta, mana, what's uh, the other one? And hankar, hmm? spiritual speaking. He said, so. These are obviously not uh, tatastajivas. Hmm? So the point is. There are a number of examples of personalities in Krishna-lila that are not manifest from the paramatma, hmm? which is where the two types of siddhastha-shakti are said to come from. hmm? The two types are those that are eternally liberated and those that are eternally conditioned, or those that have been liberated from a time without beginning and those that have been conditioned from a time without beginning. Hmm. So these souls in Golok, for example, that I'm talking about, they're all constituted of Sarup Shakti. I've given many examples hmm. and how different Acharyas have spoken about it. And then what th- when we go to the, the, the to, to the, 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 the Tathastha Shakti and Srivastakur, from Garadhar, who's an antaranga bhakti, who's constituted the srupa-shakti, being Radha herself. Hmm? We go to Shri and in the and the uh, jivas. Then they are said to come from the Paramatma. Now, Paramatma, uh, we can think about it in different ways, of course. Paramatma is the overseer of the world, but he has a representation in 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 Vaikuntha also. Hmm? So if you worship the Paramatma, hmm, then you will end up in in, uh, in 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 Vaikuntha, worshiping the forehand form of Narayan. that the Paramatma of the of the Oversoul of the world is a manifestation of for the world, for which there have to be jivas and so on and so forth. So, from the Paramatma anyway, there are liberated j- jivas who are imbued with the Sarup Shakti. Which is the essence of which is bhakti, hmm? and they're functioning in the leela. Hmm? And the example of such devotees that Jiva Goswami gives his, um, are uh, those of Vaikuntha He mentions Garuda as an example of a nitya siddha tatasta jiva. Hmm? Then you have the. Nityavada Tatasta Jivas, coming from the Paramatma, who are in this world from time without beginning, on beginningless karma, and they can become Muktas. The Jeeva can become a Mukta Jeeva hmm? by sadhana, by kripa, and then they will attain a status like that of the Nityasiddha Tatasta Jivas, dependent upon their parampara, association, method, and so on and so forth. That uh, their approach, their sadhana, determine their their, their sadhya. Does that help?
1: Um. I guess my uh, question is like, how it comes that like, um, jivas, uh, you know, who emanate from Mahavishnu Paramatma, how they end up in Goloka? Because in the uh, case of Vrata uh, jiva, we do it by association. And if they uh, have
0: association with Paramatma, how this Well, I didn't say that they necessarily appear in Goloka. I said that the example is given of someone in Vaikuntha. Hmm? And I said that on purpose because I have my doubts that they're that the, that the manifest in Goloka. Um, and there's a special method for getting to Goloka. Hmm? So... Um, now, that said, um, Bhaktivinoda Thakur speaks in Jaiva Dharma in a way that I haven't seen anywhere else, when he says that from Baladev Nityasiddhas will be manifest in Golok, hmm? from Mahasankarshan, they will be manifest in Vaikuntha. Hmm? I think he even says in one place, maybe maybe not Jayavadharma, maybe um, his uh, Jayachana, Shikshamrita, they're also, uh, Jiva's manifest from from Subhal. So, um, that may be the case. No one has written like that. Bhaktivedanta Thakur has, it may be the case. It seems to be kind of an extension of the idea in the Paramatma Sundarbha that there are two types of Tatasta Shakti, hmm, that are eternally liberated and eternally conditioned, if you will. The hmm. um, Example again, Garuda of the Nitya Siddha in Vaikuntha. He seems to extend that idea and say that Baladev manifests titas the, uh Jeevas he doesn't use the word Tathastas but he says Jeevas or Nityasiddhas in Golok hmm? so if Baladev manifests them then they, maybe there's some there <laughs> um, but they would I mean it's hard to talk about I want to say they would originate there but you know they would, there's no origin to such and and so on, so it's, it's more of a um, way of talking about perhaps um, presiding over um, such. Hmm? And, um, and he, and he, he, he does um, um, make that comment, basically, the, the essence of which is that he envisions nityasiddha uh, siddha in the mm-hmm. but they, their, 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 their source, if you will, their, the, the deity that presides over them is not the paramatma. He um, uh, speaks of Baldev, of course, Baldev, Mahasankarshan, and the paramatma. These are, you know, we know from Chaitanya Charitamrita. These are connected in expansions from expansions and so forth. And 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 Balde presides over the ego, m uh, similarly and, and so forth. So does that help? Yeah. 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 That's uh, an interesting point. So we looked at Srivasta as being the example of of any type of <laughs> of Tatasta uh, Jeev that has perfected in devotion through sadhana, through kripa, through, gripa, through um, for since forever without without any beginning and and so on, um, and then the Guradhar in the Panchatattva has um, the example, and of course he's the manifestation of Radha of the um, antaranga bhaktas or all the devotees constituted of Sarup Shakti. Hmm? And you know who are they? Well, we you know you hear the names here and there, in the shastra. These are the mother of Krishna, the father of Krishna, and so on and so forth. Rupa Goswami has mentioned quite a few in his Radha Krishna Gonadesh Desh hmm? What else? Yes.
1: You said something about the Namapradha
0: uh, blaspheming Shastra. I'm thinking of like, you know, maybe certain parts of the Shastra someone can't accept because they're they seem very archaic or, or sexist or something like that. And, and so I'm wondering if you could say something about that. Well, I think that uh, it's it's quite uh, should be quite clear that while we respect the principle of Shastra principle of revelation, Hmm? as I often put it, that if you want perfect knowing, you have to have a perfect method, and so we are imperfect, so that method is not going to come from us, it's going to come from one who is perfect, and so if he exercises himself in relation to us, and we just fold our hands and accept, and and, then it can be perfect knowing, that's the principle of revelation. So first I think we have to honor the principle of revelation. And then, within that, there one of the principal forms of revelation. Obviously, is the sacred text itself, hmm? the, sa- the sacred um, sacred books, the, the Veda and so forth. And um, we do find within that, in Godi Vaishnavism, a gradation and um, a um, a reason to honor some. More than others, and to in some respects disregard some. Hmm? Jiva Goswami's whole argument in Tatvasandarbha is that, that we should only hear the Bhagavatam. Hmm? That should be the scripture. Everything should be. We don't need the. What to speak of not needing the Dharma Shastras? He doesn't even go into that, hmm? because that's not dealing with 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 Brahman and uh, Atma and 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 Bhagawan and rasa and so forth when um, when jiva goswami comments on rupa goswami's uh, citation of i believe the, the padma purana verse shruti smriti purana adi bhakti mm-hmm. bhakti should be in accordance with shruti smriti parana, etc otherwise it's a disturbance to the society hmm? When Jiva Goswami comments he says this means according to the scripture hmm, the path that you're on if you're on the bhakti marg hmm, it means the shruti the smriti the you know the 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 purana of the bhakti marg hmm, should not be um the, the, your bhakti should be in accordance with that so for us the bhagavatam is the shruti shruti sara may come, it says is the essence of the shruti it's um, it's it's the essence of the Sutra. Guru hmm. says uh, that is the natural commentary on the sutras. It's uh, the the essence of the Mahabharata, the Samaveda of the Veda. Uh, so we take all these statements um, and we um, uh, make the the, Bhagavata, the the sacred book from which we. Uh, determine our course and so forth and in doing so and in making that very argument which is a long argument in the um, Pramana Kanda of the Tattva sandharva he more or less tells us well we're not very concerned with the, with the Shruti and uh, with the other Puranas and so on and so forth so we we, we regard them in that we know they have their place hmm and they are relevant to some, Hmm? but they aren't very relevant to us. They are only as relevant as they uh, concur with the Siddhanta, the conclusions of the Bhagavatam, which is the hub around which, you know, our orbit of uh, revelation moves. Um, And so if we find something in another Puran that contradicts the Bhagavatam, we we disregard it. That's not making the offense to the holy name. Hmm? Um, so we, we know it has its place, its time. We may not even not know what its time or place was, how it was efficacious, who it's speaking to, and so on and so forth, what level of eligibility. Um, um, and so we know, for example, well, Dharma Shastas have a certain level of eligibility, This so would be good for certain people at a certain time in particular in a Varnashram society. If you're not in a Varnashram society, well, it's not going to have much um, power and, and, and relevance. It's speaking to a Varnashram society, for example, Dharma Shastras. Um, looks like Manasamhita or something like that, for example. So that's not our Smriti. Um, as Bhagavatas, as devotees, we go again um, to the Bhagavatam. And so we can, we can dismiss it in terms of it's not applying to us, but we respect that it has uh, some value for some people. Um, at some time in a Varnashram society, was basically giving the codes of, of conduct and, uh, and decorum, behavior, and, and so on and so forth. Um, then you have, in a broader sense, you have, well, there's, that's karma, you know, the shastra the karma marg, the, the preverti marg for material attainment then you have the renunciation, the, the, the gyan khanda, um, gyan marg. And um, um, as bhaktas, you know, we're not following the karma marg or the gyan marg. So, but we know that some people don't have eligibility for bhakti, and so they will have some value for them. Someone has no eligibility for bhakti, but they really they, they find they have some interest in the difference between the body and the soul. Hmm? Then there, are, you know, there's sections of the scripture that are just focused on that that may be good for them, and so forth. So we, 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 we honor it. We know that they have, they were manifest in a, in a particular way, and that they have some value, even though they may not apply to us. Hmm? So we are not committing nama parad by disregarding them, or seeing that, they, 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 for seeing exaggeration in them when they take a license to do so. When properly understood, uh, in certain times, in certain circumstances, they'll speak in a certain way to motivate people, to, out of fear, in some instances, out of duty, in some instances, out of prospect of what you may attain, and so forth. As Bhagavatas, we should be able to see all these things for what they are in the scripture, and you know, then we appreciate the strategy employed there, and so forth, but we see how it doesn't apply to us, and, 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 and therefore, while we disregard it because hmm, it doesn't apply to us, neither does the offense of disregarding or vilifying the scriptures, um, offense of the offense of the holy name. Um, neither do we, we we commit that. So I think you have to have a broad kind of perspective and and appreciate that revelation comes at different times. Therefore, it's ongoing. Hmm? and at certain times it may, be, it may have been very powerful and compelling um, in a certain form to a certain sector of society and, and, and appreciate that, even though it may not have the same voice for a one at this time and may not apply even, to the, as I say, to the, to the path that you're on. So a lot of the bodies are confused about that because they'll take, for example, that verse I cited, and they think this means you have to follow the dharma Shastras and so forth and they probably don't even have a copy of it in their house you know they just heard something that they like and and um, want to use it as an excuse to to uh, mistreat women or something you know I and mean, we see that kind of a thing um, but it doesn't really have any application hmm, for us as much as you have faith in bhakti then that has no, no bearing such, such text. It's a very strong uh, teaching, central to the uh, bhakti mark. To, to, to uh, you know, for the sake of awakening faith in, in bhakti, un, un, uncumbered by gan or karma. You can see how many how many devotees their their bhakti is encumbered by karma encumbered, covered by karma. This is an example. You know, jnan karmadi anavritam. Rupa Goswami says that shuddha bhakti, bhakti should be uncovered, not covered by jñāna and karma. So the idea there is that one will think, if you don't do this according to the dharma shastras or the karma marg, hmm, then you will be negatively affected. even though you're on the course of bhakti. So they don't a lot of the devotees I say they can't they don't aren't able to differentiate between texts that are spoken for the for the karma marg and texts for the bhakti marg. And then they mix them up and they think unless we follow this this um, mandate of the Dharma Shastras our our Bhakti will be finished. This is a very prime example of the very thing that Rupa Goswami is speaking um, about and against um, when he defines marginally the marginal characteristics of Śuddha-Bhakti. Hmm? The, 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 the principal characteristics are Krishnanu Anukulena krishna favorable and ongoing culture of, um, of, of, of consciousness of Krishna, service, it's a serving, Krishnanu um with body and mind and emotions and so forth and heart. And uh, physically and emotively. And then marginally, what it's not, this Uttambhavti, which is our course, our path, it's not Gyan Karmadi and Avritam. What is it? Uh, uh, no, uh, first line uh, Anyabhilashita Sunyam. Gyan Karmadi and So, Anyabilashita Sunyum and you know, Anyabilash that should be sunyum and gyan karma the desire for that should not get in the way. Hmm? You just you should have you shouldn't have be, be blowing in the wind by whimsical desires, hmm? Neither you should have desires in a systematic with a systematic approach to fulfill them, hmm? In the karma marg, nor the desire for renunciation, and go about it systematically, hmm? um, but rather you should do bhakti. And you shouldn't think that by doing bhakti, if I'm not, if I don't fulfill some karmic obligation, according hmm, to the karma marg, then I'll be unsuccessful. No, don't think like that. And on the other side of it, don't think that. Well, if you're not pure, you can't do bhakti. This is the other side. We see both of these things very much manifest in the, in the international community of, of Gaudias. I talked about the karma side, the gyan side as well. Uh, you, gyan, in gyan, you have to be pure. You have to be pure to tread the gyan marg. That's why um, first is recommended, before gyan, nishkam karma. So you do the Vedic karmas, but not with a desire to get the result from performing the rituals and and adhering to the duties and mandates and so forth, with some detachment, which gradually cleanses the heart and then you can get to a contemplative type of life and meditate and so forth, when there's some purity in the heart. Hmm. So bhakti doesn't wait for purity. And sometimes they're kicking people out because they're not pure. (laughs) Thinking, if you were pure, then you could be here. But of course, ashram has to have the regulation. But it's not about purity. Hmm? Heart, we, anybody can take to bhakti, and bhakti can go in anyone's heart, is the point. You know, to take to it, but she goes there. Hmm? So we see sometimes this very heavy emphasis on um, purity. I mean, we should become pure by engaging in bhakti. That's the case. But Krishna makes a very strong statement in the Gita that if, even if my devotees are impure, I say they're worshipable. Worshipable. Hmm. Because they're my devotees. And it's a heavy verse to digest, obviously. Hmm. Well, what it is, it's not a license for devotees to be impure. What it is is an emphasis on the very point that I'm making, that there's nothing more purifying than bhakti. So, there's not much point of getting on somebody's case for being impure if they're doing something, doing the most powerful thing to become pure, even if that purity hasn't come about yet. Hmm? Probably give the example if you're in the shower, you know, and you're filthy dirty, someone can't come in and say, God, you know, you're filthy dirty, get out of the shower. Uh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, stop doing bhakti, you know, because you're you're too impure. Hm. No. So the, the Gita verse doesn't say, you know, be impure, it's okay. It's, okay, it's, okay. it's saying bhakti is the most pure thing. Hmm? That's the most pure thing. And therefore, if we see a little bit in somebody, we should encourage that. Rather than make an emphasis on you should be pure, you should be pure, we should encourage that because that will purify them. Hmm? Now, when we find devotees that do something that's unbecoming for their... that. Their tenure and and uh, and position in, the, in 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 a sect and so on and so forth and this is these are unfortunate circumstances and that happens and so forth but it doesn't change the point that I'm making and this isn't this isn't speaking about this issue in such a way as to say well that's just fine just do whatever you want you know you're doing bhakti and and uh, now we should expect to see some purity but. Um, the bhakti is the most purifying thing that you can engage in, is, 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 the, is the point.
1: Hmm.
0: So again, we look for the positive. Hmm. We pray for the positive, we look for the positive, we try to see. They have some attraction for Krishna, okay, then on some level we can appreciate that uh, that's good. Now They may have a long way to go and they may not be good association for us and we may have to step back from their their company, Um because they're not going about it in a, in a way that's that's um, progressive and so forth in comparison to the kind of sangha that that I um, require for my progress and so forth. But nonetheless, they're doing bhakti, so we got some appreciation. So these are strong; these kind of strong statements are there just to emphasize that point of bhakti over gyan with regard to purity. And you can see it's a hard point to get. Hmm? That's why bhakti is difficult to understand. People think that spirituality will be measured by acquisition or by purity or renunciation. Hmm. By having things or not having things. Each of which stands out. In other words, if you have things, you're doing your religion right. Hmm. You must be doing your religion right because, you know, well, he's got money and friends and Everything's working, and people, in a crude sense, of course, often uh, in every religious tradition, not just the Christian tradition, which comes to my mind, but in every tradition, you have people praying to God for things. And so if they get the things, they think, here's the evidence. Somebody over there doesn't have anything. Sometimes there's a Christian uh, sector in America that thinks, we're right because we're rich. And look at these other poor countries. Only they believe in Jesus, so we should go there and tell them about Jesus, and we'll put a chicken in every pot and convert every Hindu, Hmm? and then they'll have the the natural wealth that the father wants the children to have, and we'll live happily ever after. Um, God keep pouring those blessings on us in the form of things. So this is an example of the karma mark. So people think if you have something, you're doing it right. You're spiritual. And then the other side is, if you have nothing, you don't want anything, you don't do anything, <laughs> uh, then they think, wow, he doesn't do anything. He just sits there. And you find somebody just sitting under a tree. There was a guy in somewhere in the Orient, Nepal, Nepal a few years ago or something, maybe more recently too, just sitting under a tree. They found this. Next thing you know, <laughs> there's a whole... Um, you know, roped off airy and there he is, and people are coming and buying tickets. You know, <laughs> to see him sit there, hmm? and it's an accomplishment, and something's going on. But uh, people think he's not doing anything. He doesn't have to do anything. <laughs> he must get it. Have got it right, because I don't want to do anything. <laughs> hmm? But I want things, so i got to do something. But, you know, the things aren't making me happy. I wish I could just do nothing and be happy. He seems to have figured it out. That's mystical. Hmm? And so there it is. It, it, it looks like that's like must be spiritual life. Hmm? And so um, he doesn't get hungry. Well, it's looking pretty good, you know. Um, so, you know, in, in bhakti, it's like hard to hard to pick up on. Because bhaktas may have things, hmm? Right, and then they may even reject things that people wouldn't, would. They, they, they may they may enjoy. They may re- renounce. It depends what's necessary for Krishna's service. Hmm? They're just doing their service, so they don't overtly look like e- e- either side. So it's these, are, and these are the two tracks that our material life runs on. Hmm? So when we hone those two p- p- propensities, karma and gyan, that means to follow the karma marg. To get the things I want hmm? through the right rituals and sacrifices and so on and so forth, penances, whatever, and then to get to get to go to the Marg, and I follow a systematic way to do that. Hmm? Where is Bhakti in all this? Just doing doing service, and and uh, sometimes the bhaktas will enjoy and have things, and and uh, for Krishna service, be busy working. They're not just sitting under the the banyan tree. There's one down here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not just sitting there. Mm-hmm. The monastery is a beehive of activity and work. And you think, "Hey, man, why are we working?" <laughs> uh, so it's hard to. If we're gan and abhritam, it's a big big point. We see very prominently in the community of internationally of, of Guru Vaishnava is very much bhakti. Covered by karma, covered by Gan. Conceptually and practically, how do they conduct themselves. This is not going to bring preem. Never, never, never. Hmm? Some of them seem to be doing bhakti for varnashram. ashram <laughs> They really got it, got it, got it backwards so you know that's why we say well we, we, we cited it earlier shruti smriti prana adi. bhakti that's not according to the shruti smriti this means according to the bhagavatam hmm? which is uttam bhakti huh? it's a disturbance to the society that's what Jeeva Guru Goswami says that's how he cites it hmm? He actually Rupa Goswami employs it in relation to a devotional Buddhist sect that don't follow the looks like Bhakti but they aren't following the Bhakti Shastras. Hmm. Jiva Goswami elaborates upon it, hmm. along the lines which I've also spoken. Do you understand the points I'm making? Yeah. So that's why we that's why we want to understand what we're doing. What is Sudha Bhakti? What is Uttam Bhakti? We're I mean, just quoting verses to remember a verse, but you see, this is a very practical uh, example of very thing Rupa Goswami speaking in Bhakti, Uttam Bhakti, the course that he's teaching, it, it is not what it is not. Hmm? You see it manifesting. Yes?
1: Sometimes uh, I can see devotees, they have such a serving ego, like, mm-hmm. really amazing, so inspiring they don't have any, like, uh, kind of um, this kind of understanding, you know? And and sometimes, not only that, it's not only that, but also there's so much in the modern, like, uh, like, for example, the room is so messy. Mm -hmm. You think, my God, what am I do. But on the other (coughs) side, on the other side, like, one must see, like for the last 30 years she's been serving uh, in a temple like uh, and she's working, right? Really, she gives herself and it's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. And this attachment to jāgāra that she
0: has. So how to understand this? Well, it's hard to you know weigh in on any particular instance or uh, individual without first-hand information and so forth. But... but, but um, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's a, I think, a, some, some test by which we could ascertain what's really going on there. And that would be in the context of good association and so forth. Hearing and how they respond to it. Can they catch it? Mm-hmm. Do they have the Sakriti? And have they developed the kind of Bhakti Sangskar that when they hear it, they can understand it? Aha. Uh-huh. They may not know. When they hear, yes, yes, that makes sense. So, this is what we want—that kind of bhakti sounds card that enables you to land on your feet and hear the hear the thing. And, huh, yes, this. So, people may go on in some way, based on what information they do have and what they have been taught that bhakti is. Hmm? Um, and who knows what's really the driving force? Depends on what they've been taught. People can be busy for a lot of things. And have a lot of devotion for a lot of reasons. There, the, the, there was a devotee of, uh, so, well, there was an associate of Raghunath Raghunath Bhatta Goswami, who only chanted Ram Nam. Mm-hmm. And when they, when, when Raghunath Bhatta went to Puri from Banaras to meet with Mahabhu, this Ram Bhakta came along, and and Raghunath Bhatta knew something about. Nam, and he saw this person so much, she's constantly chanting Ram Nam, so he, he served him throughout the whole journey. Hmm? And when they arrived at Puri, Mahaprabhu called for Raghunath, but Goswami. Um, and even know Mahaprabhu knew his family, and they provided for him a place in Benares and so forth, so. He called for Raghunatha, and Raghunatha came, and, and, and Raghunatha came for darshan and so forth. And then, he, but then he asked Mahaprabhu, "Why you've called for me when so and so was with me?" And he was chanting Ram Nam constantly, and he's well known for his for his chanting and, and 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 so forth. And Mahaprabhu said something like, "What? He's he's he wants mukti. He wants mukti." We're not interested in that. <laughs> He's chanting for mukti. Hmm? L- whatever little you're doing is for for, for, for really for bhakti. Hmm? All of this chanting for mukti, I have no interest in. Yeah. Go 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 to the go to Brahman and get mukti. Whatever, Mahabhu didn't even want to talk to him. Wasn't even interested. So this was a guy that was like so dedicated. So people can be dedicated for different reasons. Hmm? We like to think the best and so forth, but. Relative to the amount of information and knowledge and teaching and association they've got, you know, they're going to be—that's the fuel they're going to be running on, the conceptual orientation that they're going to be running on. Hmm? And um, so, if they have the opportunity to get better association of Shuddha bhaktas and so forth, and they respond well to that, then it'd be indicative that that there's something, you know, essential that they did—they did get out of all that, some of which may have been even wrong teachings, and so on and so forth. Um, who knows, you know? I mean, I, I... This this gyan idea is very powerful and a lot of, you know, another form of it, liberation. Hmm? I came, spoke at one place and there were some devotees there and they had a sign on the bathroom hmm, that... Material world is like a toilet, you know, do your business and get out as fast as you can, or something like that. So I realized well, that's how they're approaching the bhakti, got to get out of the material world, got to get out of the material world. Hmm? It's a bad place, got to get out. You know, there's a side for that where we do... Pre- but you have to, I said before, you have to come to the point where you don't want to get out. Hmm? That was Mahaprabhu taught. Nadanam, Nadanam, Nasundaram, Mama, Janmani, Janmani, Bhakti, let me take birth over and over again. That's like what? Let me. He's praying. As long as I can have bhakti, let me take um, birth over and over again in the world. I have no 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 desire to get out. As long as I have bhakti, how different is that <laughs> of an orientation? Hmm? And that's shuddha bhakti, ruchi. Hmm? So, how are you going to get there when you're? You know, now the teacher may have taught like that at some point that you know gets people going, and so. But then you have to. So somebody could be just going on that, you know, going on that. You know, Got to get out. It's bad, you know. And uh, and and they actually, even in the course of so much service, they could be having a developing a, a more harder heart because they're oriented towards renunciation and sleep less, eat less, and. And don't talk to people. Be don't be social and love is sentimental and and serve You know, I don't know. <laughs> I've seen people like that, and uh, so it's very uh, subtle. What's bhakti? Well, we really need good association to understand all these things, right? Yes.
1: All right. All right.
0: Like, um, where, where is like controlling the mind? I mean, what we do to control the mind. Let's say if, if I can, if I, if I want to do bhakti, but my mind is out of control, but I take a jnana approach to control the mind, just to get it to a, to a stable position, and then you do bhakti. Is that like jnana bhakti or is that... Well, you I do whatever you can, <laughs> but uh, but mostly it's better to be busy. Hmm? If you, that's the teaching, if you can't control your mind, then be busy, 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 busy. Because hmm? then you're gonna at least have to think about what you're doing. And if it gets too routine, give him something else to do. So he's got to think about how to do it and keep busy. Get out of your head, and 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 and, and that will. Purify the heart and so forth. So, busy, busy, busy is in in the context of, you know, guru given um, services and so forth the ashram. And God knows there's plenty to do. So, that's um, what I would recommend. Mm-hmm. And of course, I don't know what your time talking, talking about doing to, to. Save your mind, I mean, is about meditation. Um, you know, if you if you you should chant Hari Nam and just try to not not give the mind a chance to think at all, just listen to the sound, listen to the sound. Listen to the name, listen to the name. Look at every bead while you chant. Hare Krishna. No, I'm going to the next one. This is what I'm doing now. Go to the next one. Look at the next bead, this is what I'm doing. I'm chanting a mantra on each of these beads, that's what I'm doing. Try it, hmm? And you know, maybe you hear, you hear a little, hear the mind stop a little while and suddenly, oh, this is nice, hmm? You have to really work at that. Um, if you want to make an effort, that's where to place an effort. Um, but otherwise, in Gyanamarg, you know, there's vivek, so there's, maybe that's what you refer to, you know, discrimination and so on and so forth. It, it, one becomes introspective and but but if you introspection just turns into one thought after another and the introspection is unending and it's like well what if I think like this but I, and that could mean this and this could mean that and so well then, then that's not gone Mark. That's just a mind just got <laughs> chasing you around like like a dog, you know, chasing his tail. Hmm? Um, the tail's chasing the dog really, so <laughs> you <laughs> You want to avoid that. All right, so. Yeah. Comment? Appreciation what you saying that. I think a very important point you made was the listen to the sound of the mantra, Because also, We focus too much on trying to chant the Bhamsu or Manas, you know, just very silent chanting, but the mind is just running all over the place. And, you know, it helps to globalize. Yeah. yeah. And Kirtan will be more efficacious, uh, especially in the beginning. And so if you chant out loud, at least loud enough to hear yourself chanting, it doesn't have to be that everybody else hears necessarily, but you hear the sound, that becomes an anga of kirtan. And so, yeah, that's, that's true. You hear the sound, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and just listen, just listen. Prabhupada was asked, what should I think, well, what should I think about when I chant? He said, why don't you give the mind a rest? Just chant. Stop thinking for a while so if you want to be introspective you should think I should stop thinking then well, that's it there's <laughs> nothing more to think about you thought that out you have nothing more to think about now so that just just hear the, hear the name hear the name <laughs> just something like that Harinamparo jai marga ke